Thursday, December 15th, 2022. It's a bit of a slow news day, but some of the stories I'll be covering today. Tucker Carlson appeared on Tulsi Gabbard's podcast and hit with hard facts concerning who controls the U.S. government. Also, China is attempting to kick the U.S. out of the Middle East by courting Saudi Arabia and introducing the Petrowan to the global oil trade. And Trump teases a major announcement and speculation flies while some in the mainstream media mock his superhero comments. So I'll be talking about these stories and more coming up right now. So starting out here um, from the Daily Caller, uh, Tucker Carlson rips Schumer as an asshole for threatening Trump with intelligence community. And uh, this goes into some of his uh, comments while he was on uh, the Tulsi Gabbard podcast. And this article was actually from a couple days ago from Brianna Lyman. And her lead goes off as saying Fox News host and Daily Caller co-founder Tucker Carlson called Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer an asshole during an appearance on former Democratic presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard's podcast. Carlson and Gabbard were discussing the U.S. intelligence community with Carlson saying some members of Congress are controlled by the intelligence community that is incomparable or incompatible with U.S. democracy. And of course, we go on to U.S. uh, uh, real clear politics here. Tucker Carlson, there are members of Congress who are controlled by the intelligence agencies. And their lead says Fox News. Tucker Carlson told the story on former former, uh, presidential candidate Democratic Representative Tulsi Gabbard's new podcast about the argument he has with GOP Representative Michael McCall on whether he was working for the Russians. And then it has um, some clips here, and it has the transcript. Moving on uh, from Market Insider, China's looking to reorder oil trade by transacting with Saudi Arabia in yuan. That's uh, sidestepping the U.S. petrodollar. If if folks didn't know, after the Bretton Woods Agreement, uh, they set up uh, oil trade uh, since uh, America after World War II was the predominant superpower, uh, they set up oil trade in U.S., uh, uh, basically U.S. petrodollar. So they all oil transactions, particularly out of Saudi Arabia, had to be done in the U.S. dollar. And uh, Market Insider goes on to say the move could dampen the dollar's dominance. This is another blow to the Western economy, which is already in shambles. Also from the diplomat, can China continue to balance between Saudi Arabia and Iran? So basically, the uh, Iran was part of uh, more or less aligned with BRICS and some of the non-Western-leaning nations and was concentrating their oil exports to uh, places like China and Russia and, and so on, and they were closely aligned with those countries militarily as well. Um 
But now China has made the foray into Saudi Arabia and Iran and Saudi Arabia, since Iran is Shia Muslim and Saudi Arabia is um, Sunni Muslim, they are uh, somewhat of ideological enemies within the Muslim world. So China backed uh, Tehran quite a bit. So now Xi Jinping's recent visit to Riyadh resulted in a rare diplomatic rebuke from Tehran. And I'll just read the lead from the diplomat here. Last, uh, in this article by Jesse Marks from yesterday, last week, China's President Xi Jinping visited Saudi Arabia for a historic multi-day visit to attend three major regional events, the Saudi-China Summit, the China Gulf Cooperation Council Summit, and the China Arab Summit. During the visit, Xi and Saudi King Salman hailed a new era in Sino-Saudi bilateral relations. The grandeur of Xi's visit sent powerful signals that Sino-Saudi ties are entering a new period of rapid development for China's other Gulf partner, Iran. The strengthening of ties could mean a distinct disadvantage for Tehran in its protracted rivalry with Saudi Arabia. Um, it may or may not. Uh, the fact is, is China is becoming the global superpower. Um, even the Western Western corporations and the global government that's forming in the WEF and in the UN is favoring uh, an authoritarian style. The reason is, is for the uh, coming economic collapse, which it has to, the debt bubble is going to burst at some point, and there's going to be a significant amount of strife. And so they're going to need an authoritarian regime to clamp down on the strife because the... uh, Basically, the type of living that we've all known in the West for some time will come to an end, the living standards. So from Newsweek, Xi and Saudi Arabia, China injecting America from the Middle East. This is an opinion piece by Gordon Chang. Uh, A lot of you might know Gordon Chang. He's a a frequent uh, guest on Fox News. Saturday, Chinese ruler Xi Jinping completed his triumphal three-day state visit to Saudi Arabia. As a result of the pioneering trip, Xi's characterization in his op-ed appearing in Saudi media, Beijing could eject America from the region. China might take over the Washington's place there, and the Ramanibi appears uh, set to end uh, the dollar's reign as the world's reserve currency. The Chinese Communist Party could also rescue its quickly failing economy. Xi's trip in short highlights what could end up as being the most damaging setback for America's global standing in three decades since the Cold War. And it doesn't help that, and he goes on to say, uh, um, America transitioned from perhaps the most successful Middle East policy in what is turning out to be the very worst. President Donald Trump's Abraham Accord stabilized much of the Middle East, and parts of Africa, uh, specifically Sudan and Morocco, while undermining Iran's terrorist regime, which considers the U.S. as enemy. Washington's relation with Saudi Kingdom, especially warm during the Trump years, because if, if folks didn't know, Trump supported a coup there that put uh, King Salman into place because there were a bunch of princes, all brothers, who were vying for power. Uh, the Democrats, who wanted to prolong the Wahhabist reign and terrorism uh, to rule the Middle East uh, through terror and use uh, terrorist cells, Wahhabist terrorist cells from Pakistan and Saudi Arabia to sow terror and influence around the world. 
Uh, Trump wanted to put that to the end, so he had the promise of Salman to end Wahhabist terrorism and Islamic extremists, which the, the Saudis didn't like within the kingdom anyway. They didn't mind exporting it under... Um, under the Democrats, but uh, they didn't like it in the kingdom. But the promises to Trump from Salman were, and that's what Khashoggi was all part of this coup. So people didn't really know what was going on there. Trump's major announcement sparked speculation about VP pick lawsuit. Former President Donald Trump's mysterious major announcement is sparking speculation over what he may be preparing to publicize later this week. On Wednesday, Trump posted a video on his true social account with the caption, America needs a super superhero. I will be making a major announcement tomorrow. Thank you. And from the Huff Post, Trump claims America needs a superhero, promises major announcement on Thursday. People are um, speculating about a VP pick. Um, I support Trump. I think the wisest choice here would be Tulsi Gabbard. I, I think she's very capable and her political... Her, her her spot in the political spectrum right now is correct, and she's a patriot. There is some question of whether she's a um, whether she's a minion of the WEF or not. We, we don't really know. Uh, I hope not. I like her. Uh, she's got kind of the NPR thing going with some sort of mind control, the way she speaks and everything. Um, but I like her poly. I like the way her stances and whatnot. Um, it would be... I think that would be the best pick for her. Uh, Christy No might also be another one. She doesn't tick uh, the uh, the cultural box, unfortunately, um, and that would be more of a Republican pick. Um, I don't know going anywhere else uh, unless you go maybe Tim Scott. So I hope he doesn't make a, a bad pick. He needs a boost right now because his uh, political standing is sort of weak, as the mainstream media has been pointing out. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Maybe it'll be Ron DeSantis, and that will certainly sh shut up the leftist media that have been touting Ron DeSantis because they want the infighting. Republicans really need to coalesce uh, and... They really need to get rid of the rhinos and the old school establishment Republicans. Um, and if the old school uh, establishment Republicans don't want to get uh, it, come in for the big win, um, they're going to be ejected. The guys like Mitt Romney, um, although um, Turtlehead is a good, uh, Mitch McConnell is a good uh, uh, political mind and strategist, um, he has no fondness for a uh, populist uprising on the right. Um, and so he needs to go. He just, his, his vow to lose in the midterms, uh, to shoot the party in the foot, uh, was just, uh, treason as far as I'm concerned. The Daily Caller, uh, WAPO staffers, uh, erupt after publishers, uh, publisher announces layoffs at town hall. I worked for a major news company, and they did these uh, town halls all the time. You were discouraged. They, of course, they would ask for questions at the end, but you were always discouraged from speaking out. The people that, sp that spoke out were really the ones that got laid off. I had one guy stood up. He goes, why can't we do X, Y, Z? And he was gone the next week. So, I mean, these things, and if you could look, if you look at the video, and you look at the suit with the glasses and stuff, talking to the young people in street clothes. 
Um, it was really, it showed the power structure there and he didn't want to hear from anybody. Uh, he said, I didn't want to get into a grievance session and you know, they're announcing layoffs. So what do you expect? So as much as as woke as corporations claim to be, there's still the power hierarchy there. And if you're management or a worker bee, uh, that's clear uh, what side of the line you're on. So if the worker bees think all of a sudden their company is woke and they're going to be kind, you see it with the New York Times, uh, the people are striking there. And I actually belong to the union uh, that represents the New York Times. And, you know, the... the <laughs> The New York Times employees are all surprised. Hey, I thought the New York Times was a good, you know, they were kind to their employees. Management is management. Corporate management is the, it's all about the bottom line. So if you got to go, if they have to cut staff, they're going to cut staff. They don't care about how long you work there, whether the community likes you or loves you or, you know, how many awards you got or what, you know, they don't care about any of that. They care about how much money you can bring in in advertising. That's why it was always when you're when you're a content creator, it was always the war between you and salespeople. I mean, while I was working in news, there was sales the sales staff was twice <laughs> twice as big as the content people. You know, writers, photographers, you know, uh, editorial. It's just ridiculous. It's it's just like any corporation. It's a management and they concerned about making money and they value the people that bring in money. And that was the whole ad revenue thing in any kind of publication. You have to have 60, 40, you have to have enough ads to pay for the pages where you could put content and they didn't really care what content you put in there. Um, they claimed they did. I mean, the editors might, but the publishers didn't care. They just cared how much space was sold and whether they could turn a profit. And that's all that the shareholders care about anyway, as long as they get their dividend checks, like any corporation. So Bloomberg, uh, Brazil electoral ca uh, court probes Bolsonaro, police seek protesters. So um, the authoritarian regime, the authoritarian Brazilian regime, now uh, headed by the communist Lula, is going after Bolsonaro and his uh, supporters, which number in the millions, and that have taken to the streets recently. And I'll just read the lead here. Brazil's electoral uh, court is investigating an outgoing President Jair uh, Bolsonaro, his running mate, and some allies for allegedly casting doubt on the result of the October election, abusing their power during the campaign. Uh, they probably don't talk. I, I double-checked. Um, there was some speculation that the indigenous leader that was a Bolsonaro supporter wasn't arrested, um, but there were reports that even in Bloomberg that he was arrested, and that's what set off the violence, and that's why they attacked the police station is because those police are the ones that arrested the indigenous leader. So, and it tended to coalesce uh, the support for Bolsonaro, not weaken it. The coalition's lawyers claim that Bolsonaro and his allies sought to discredit and destabilize the presidential election, spreading fake news and misinformation about the integrity of the voting system. They also say the conservative leader abuses political and economic power by increasing. So they're going to jail him, just like they jailed Lula. I mean, it's the same thing. They make up these, you know, the court in Brazil is very powerful. So the court is going to determine that he's a criminal. He's going to get tried, and then he'll be put in prison. And he and him and his sons, Bolsonaro and his sons, said that they were thinking about fleeing the country, but they decided against it because they knew they're going to, uh, the courts are going to come after them. He's going to be arrested and put into jail, and that's what 
happens to opposition leaders in countries like Brazil. Um, there is some doubt that Lula won. I mean, like I said, he was a convicted felon. They expunged his record so he could run. He's another communist socialist, but he's being run by the deep state in Brazil. And so it's very unlikely that, um, you know, he, uh, that Lula was elected legitimately. Um, if you could see the outpouring of the support in the streets of Brazil for 44 days or 43 days without any violence, I mean, there's millions of people in the street. I wish America could do that. You know, you get a million people at D.C. for January 6th. That was, uh, that was impressive. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't condone violence or trespassing or vandalism or, you know, assault on police officers or anything, you know. But getting a million people in D.C., I mean, that, that, that's something to be said. I wish uh, America could break out in, in, in protests like you see in Brazil and in other places. So from the Hill, El Paso residents on edge over migrant surge. So I reported yesterday that a one-day total of 1,500 was uh, in one crossing was pretty uh, spectacular. And now they're holding almost 6,000 uh, in El Paso uh, where they're reporting. Um, they have about 2,400 uh, daily migrant encounters, um, and that doesn't include gotaways. And so... Title 42 is about to be um, undone, uh, withdrawn, and that means, and that's why all these, that's why you're having a surge at the border, because a lot of people are uh, waiting on the other side of the border for Title II to be repealed, and then they're going to come. So when Title 42 is repealed, you're going to be see an even surge. And Title 42, for, for those who don't know, is the uh, was the one that allowed the United States to eject or deport people based on COVID. So the Washington Post, in Congress, Republicans confront divisions posing long-term threats. Congressional Republicans confront sharp internal divisions Wednesday with clashes over government spending and party leadership underscoring looming challenges in the GOP as it prepares to take control of the House in January. Like I explained, it's, it's basically the populist wing of the party, which Trump, uh, MAGA really represents, um, but it was mostly um, was germinated um, and its chrysalis was uh, the Tea Party, basically a libertarian, liberty-based movement, uh, constitutionalist, whatnot, and it was not so concerned with propping up um, the individualism of corporate power um, they're more concerned with the uh, citizen individual, individual citizens and their rights and liberties that are guaranteed under the Constitution. So uh, House Republicans met Wednesday to discuss party rules that were govern their narrow majority next year, including a push by staunch conservatives dangling demands over minority leader Kevin McCarthy to, in exchange for votes to support his bid to become the next speaker. The tensions threatened to delay the start of the basic House function, such a, a proposing legislation and jumpstarting investigations into the Biden administration. So I'm not going to go into it. Um, there is the Freedom Caucus and the Liberty Movement, which uh, is part of the populist wing. And so you're going to see those divisions that I described uh, come to play. The, the Democrats are giddy about any division, and they're going to try to exploit that and cause um, this wedge uh, in the party 
Um, I, I think they'll coalesce. I hope they do, um, but it's going to be around a more libertarian strain and constitutionalism, and and, and they're going to put it on display. So you're going to have people like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene at the forefront because she's one of the loudest. And so you're going to see people backing uh, different factions within the party. Uh, as long as they coalesce in the end, uh, that's fine with me. But the Freedom Caucus has had some power. The Liberty Movement has some power. So I think they're going to marginalize some of these establishment Republicans who voted like to impeach Trump and all, all the people that sided with the establishment in some of these democratic witch hunts, um, you know, they're going to be marginalized, but not only by the electorate, by the other people in the House and Senate. So from the New York Post, uh, House votes to extend government shutdown deadline by seven days. That's a victory for the conservatives. You know, you're technically, you're a neoconservative if you vote for deficit spending, just so you know. Uh Neoconservative is basically a liberal, um, but you're in the Republican Party. From Reuters, Feds Powell says inflation battle not won, more rate hikes coming. So this was from today. Uh, Federal Reserve will deliver more interest rate hikes next year, even as the economy slips toward a possible recession. Fed Chair Jerome Powell said on Wednesday, arguing that the higher cost would be paid to the U.S. Central Bank does not get a firmer Grip on inflation, uh, I agree. Um, they said this half, the recent half-point hike uh, was going to be the last one, but now Powell is hinting that uh, as next year comes, because if people don't realize what happens, in January, I know inflation is down to 7%, but already we're 7 on top of 7 because uh, last year in December it was 6, so it's 7 on top of 6 or 7 on top of 7 but in January, it's going to be seven on top of eight. And so those um, those numbers are not good when you have year over year inflation numbers like that high. You're going to see it in January and people's eyes are going to explode. And the Dems are going to try to uh, push it, put it on the new Republican House, but it's going to have nothing to do with it. It has to do with deficit spending. Nothing to do with supply chains or any of this crap that they, uh, Putin's price hike or any of this. And the gas is only going down is because um, Biden infused um, all the strategic oil reserves to bring the price down. And they got Venezuela to pump more. Uh, pump more. Um, so they're making deals with demons. So Wall Street uh, Journal, November retail uh, sales fell in biggest drop in nearly a year. Sales fell... 0.6%. Um, and that's bad um, because uh, November, December are the biggest spending months because of Christmas. So uh, although there's cars, you know, it's 0.2% uh, excluding autos. So people aren't buying cars for Christmas. But that's, uh, that's, this is dangerous going into the biggest spending season that put most companies into the black. This is very dangerous if uh, uh, consumer spending is, is falling when you're going into the spending part of the year. So this isn't a good thing at all. Also, UK strikes how December's industrial action uh, protests against salary stagnation and worker conditions happening almost every day this month, threatening widespread disruptions across Britain as Christmas approaches. Uh, more discontent. It's all over the world. Uh, as uh, the economy and the debt bubble 
start um, to show where we really are. We're on a precarious point here, and that's what the big reset is all about. There's going to be a collapse, and they want, they're going to need to reset, or they're going to try to reset before the collapse, but they need distractions, so they're going to need pandemics, they're going to need world war, um, to blame all these other things that didn't, doesn't fall on the bankers. So also from the Wall Street Journal, uh, the SEC proposes rules that would squeeze stock market middlemen. Agency is formally considering biggest overhaul of stock market structure since the mid-2000s. And we saw what happened there. The 2008 crisis is always when they restructure financial markets and stuff like that. They're doing it to kind of uh, to prop up or to buttress their house of cards. So, you know, that's going to be the main, <laughs> the main thing there is, you know, the bankers with this kind of Ponzi, banking, financial, um, <laughs> the, the financial system, um, the way the structural adjustments are and fractional reserve banking, which is basically uh, making money out of thin air, make, uh, creating money. And if you create it without the specific investment need, uh, you're gonna get inflation. But even if there's an investment need, what, what fractional reserve banking is, is that you only need a percentage in reserve, and then you can loan out 90% off that reserve. So you create 90% out of thin air. Um, and so what you do is you inflate the currency. So it's like when they borrow money, when the, when the Fed buys bonds, uh, when the U.S. borrows money, they inflate the currency, which means your dollar gets worth less. That's what inflation is. And so your dollar is worth 8% less this year, or $0.08 cents on the dollar, and then it's going to be compounded in January with another 8 So, And it's not 16%. It's 8 compounded by 8 So... Do the math. Most people can't do the math. So, all right. So for me, Rudy's revelation. Don't forget to like, subscribe, click that notification bell, comment down below. Uh, let me know what you think of our financial situation globally and the encroachment of China in the Middle East. And don't forget to follow me on social media: Twitter, Facebook, Getter Minds, Truth Social. See you tomorrow. Cheat. Come on, man. I ain't finna go Alex Jones level with y'all, man. They cheat. They cheat.